Now, from the Paxa Studios in downtown Honolulu, Josh Pacheco on ESPN Honolulu. Thanks for making us a part of your Aloha Friday. This is ESPN Honolulu at 92.7 FM and 1420 AM. I'm Josh Pacheco. All of our guests, when they appear, they do so courtesy of the Aloha Kia hotline. At Aloha Kia, you know what they say. You know a guy. Uh, you'll hear the conversation Derek Lowe and I had last night with Hawaii men's basketball coach Ron Gannat coming up in just a little bit after a heartbreaker uh, that Hawaii would lose to uh, UC Santa Barbara that could have very well uh, put Hawaii really at that top, uh, that top portion of the uh, Big West Conference. Instead, a Hawaii in a position where still in a tie for fourth place, but a little farther behind. And uh, immediately, all eyes now circle the final day of the regular season, that final Saturday, the, uh, the first Saturday in March, all eyes now there. As we look ahead to uh, a game that could potentially have a lot of meaning when it comes to seeding in the Big West Conference. So uh, uh, we'll kind of break down all of those scenarios and kind of put that all into perspective coming up in just a little while. You can text us. Uh, the text lines at 808-296-1420. You can call us at 808-296-1420. You can uh, send us your tweets at... Josh on the radio. Plenty of ways for you to connect with us here uh, on the program. Obviously, last night uh, was uh, was a heartbreaker for a number uh, a number of reasons. I think the obvious reason being Hawaii sees its uh, Hawaii sees its winning streak snapped at home. Uh, Hawaii had done a nice job of protecting home floor ever since that Texas A and M Commerce loss, and um, this one. It hurts a little bit more because this is another one in which Hawaii had done everything it could to get back into this game. You'll hear Iran Ganat in a moment talk about how, you know, the first half was dreadful in a lot of areas, yet Hawaii still found a way to get back into the game in the second half to get uh, to 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 even at one point have a lead in the last few moments of the game. Um, before ultimately the A.J. Mitchell floater uh, would give UC Santa Barbara the win with 1.9 remaining. We'll, we'll, we'll kind of go into the uh, – kind of kind of break that one down a little bit uh, uh, a little bit later on as we kind of go deep into that particular game. I will say, um, if you needed bulletin board material and it felt like you had some bulletin board material when you had that like nice break in beautiful Honolulu thing that came out on uh, Saturday after the, uh, the, the, the win against CSU Bakersfield when they put that out there in the, uh, the end of their game recap. And then um, after the game, so, so uh, Derek Lowe and I are doing our, our post game rap and uh, I don't know which player it was. He wasn't in Jersey, uh, but it was one of the tall ones. Gosh, that really narrows it down. It was one of the tall ones. And he comes out, and he's right on the H logo at midcourt, and he starts doing the gritty. And, look, I don't I don't know much about the gritty because uh, 
you know, frankly, uh, I've only seen it really in 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 games, and I haven't really, uh, you know, I haven't really seen it in person. But just watching enough football tell told me what I was seeing. I was seeing the gritty, and it was like the whole team came out from the tunnel, um, you know, by where their bench was. Everybody came out. I didn't see coaches, but I saw all the players, and they all were out. Some of them had their phones out and watched that one particular player decide uh, that he was going to go out there and do the gritty for about five to ten seconds and then run back toward his team in the tunnel and then head out. And then I was told, um, it just happened to hear during the uh, during one of the breaks that the team bus had a problem. And what was it? Remind me, Tanner. Was it something about the the bus was in the wrong lane, or what? What was what was the issue? I wasn't uh, wasn't paying so much attention to traffic at that particular time. But but what was the issue with the team bus? We were hearing. So I I had gotten the notification from one of my guys, Reese Nagaoka. Does a great job. Yes, he does. Sup, Reese. Um, yeah, he told me that the team bus for UCSB got stuck in between the uh, what do you call them? The the uh, parking. The gates, the gates when you drive down towards Sanchez yes, yes. those there's those three buildings. Uh-huh. Now, a majority of those lanes are wide enough for a team bus to drive through. Right. Uh, one of them is not. <laughs> uh, I saw someone on Twitter posted it on last, uh, someone posted it on Twitter last night, a photo of the stuck bus as well. So, yeah, certainly if, for me, when I saw the photo, it made me feel a little bit better. But then I remembered, well, they also that's also like not like vandalizing our campus. No, but no, no. Like you're still damaging our campus a little bit too. So it's kind of like a. Why did it hit something? It got stuck in between the two. buildings. So it made contact with one of the buildings. You're saying both of them. But it made contact with both buildings. Yeah. So you know what I mean, right? Because there's those small little like. Um, buildings that the uh, parking people kind of just stand in who on earth did they hire to drive the bus i don't know i guess I he mean, doesn't guess I, he doesn't do many uh games i was gonna say i would imagine uh, many people who have this job um they kind of know their ins and outs of where they're going I, when when men's basketball goes on the road they use the same driver um, the same driver from the same company, same bus. So there's a familiarity with the same guy that they have wherever they are in California on the road. I forget his name, but he makes fun of me because sometimes when I put my uh, my equipment in the bottom of the bus, I come back up and I hit my head on the door. Uh, it's happened several times. He's like, uh, he, he said to me the first time, he said, you know, I knew you were going to do that. That made me feel very good. But there's a familiarity. Not only do you have the, does the team have the familiarity with that with that particular guy, but that individual has a familiarity with where he's going all the time because he knows his way around those schools. He 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 knows his way around everything. So you you have that right. Um, it's just how does this happen? I un- unless this is a newbie whose first time driving a team from the campus to the hotel. For uh, for a Hawaii game or in general, I don't know how you make that make that mistake. Or he's driving a bus that he doesn't normally drive. I don't know. Those are the only things I can think of that would give me the excuse for how you messed that up so badly. 
Um, see, now I can't wait to drive tomorrow and see if I can uh, notice any particular damage on those buildings when I drive in for walkthrough tomorrow morning. If you um, want to know, it is the leftmost shack when you're driving <laughs> down the hill. The uh, when you're driving shack. Diamond Head, uh, towards Diamond Head. I'm not sure. Like, when I look at the photo, it's really funny because you can't really tell that it's stuck. I was about to say, I'm looking at it right now, it's too. It's either stuck or it, like, was all the way up against one of the shacks so that it could have caused a big old scratch. But I don't see any damage to the bus door when the door is open. So I'm not really sure what the situation is. Maybe they just hit the kiosk and the bus driver was just being responsible and just uh, being, making, a good guy. being a good guy. Because it looks like everyone's on the team bus because you can look through the front of the bus. <laughs> and there's just one guy outside on and his phone, yeah. on speaker. It's just like, oh, man. It, it's It's got to be a rough way to end the night for the driver. But still, it's like, was this his first time? I don't know, or was or was he tired? I because maybe there was too much grittying going on on the bus, <laughs> and it distracted him. Uh, you know, I, I think the, that's the present form of gritty. I'm not sure. I don't I, know the uh, the conjugation for it. You're asking a loser, me. Uh, what is the present form of grittying? Well, hey, it it takes one to know one. Tanner, don't sell yourself short. Let me sell myself short. Don't sell yourself short. Um, and by the way, on the grittying part, uh, I, I don't, I don't have that big of a problem with celebrating a win. I really don't have that much of a problem um, going to midcourt on the opposing team's floor and doing a dance. I mean, it was what twenty minutes after the game, maybe fifteen, twenty minutes. The fans were gone. The UH team wasn't on the floor. You know, nobody was there. It was kind of like, hey, um, you know, not like getting a game-winning shot with 1.9 seconds left, you know, uh, makes us feel good. Not like that doesn't do it, but hey, let's just add one more to this Hawaii trip before we don't play for a week and then go back on the floor next week in these unbalanced schedules that it seems like everybody has where you play Hawaii and then you rest a week for some strange reason. Um, these unbalanced schedules don't give Hawaii that opportunity to rest for a whole week, but they gave a lot of teams like UC Davis, for example, the beginning of the year, a lot of, a, a lot of chances to play Hawaii and then rest for seven days, not to get on that soapbox. Um, that's, that's for a, a later segment or show, but I don't have a problem. If you want to, you want to do a dance 15 minutes after the game when no one's around and, uh, you know, make yourselves feel good. Yeah, sure, go for it. But um, you better expect that word of that has filtered into the Hawaii locker room uh, because, you know, by now, we've started talking about it. You've started talking about it. And that's probably gotten into the locker room. And, um, you know, don't be surprised that Hawaii comes to your place on that final Saturday of the regular season and they take that as a little extra fuel and a little extra motivation, and uh, they take it out on you. The only difference is this Hawaii team is not going to stoop down to your level and do a gritty on your home floor when they beat you. Um, you know, they are just going to celebrate in the locker room, and they're going to be classy about it because they don't want to create bulletin board material for anybody. But... Um, 
you know, don't don't expect that. Don't 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 expect that kind of reciprocation, but expect that you have added fuel. And I am asking, by the way, ESPN. I don't know if I've got to ask ESPN. I don't know if I got to ask uh, the Big West. I I don't I don't know. But all I am asking is that Saturday, you don't need to wait another week. Take don't don't take your time. I know we've got to do our wild card picks for the Big West. Uh, most of those have been done. Like Hawaii Senior Night's been added uh, against UC Irvine. It's going to be on ESPN2, 5 o'clock tip, February 25th, I believe that is. You know? Um, don't waste any more time. I think I think you've got your your Big West wild card on that particular day. You don't, you don't need any other game. Hawaii at UC Santa Barbara, whether you want to make that the Spectrum Sportsnet game of the week, um, or if you want to make that the, uh, the 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 wild card game on ESPN two, whatever you got to do, I don't think we need to do anything differently. There you go. Uh, message sent that that is your game of the uh, game of the night on the final day of the regular season. They don't have um, they don't have a Spectrum Sportsnet game actually. They don't have a, an ESPN announced game. It is actually um, considered one of those wild cards. Uh, that is still scheduled for a 7 p.m. local time tip in uh, in Santa Barbara, California. I'm just saying, just book it already. Don't waste your time. Just just get it done. Let us all let us all plan our days. You want to know why? I want to know when I can book a flight um, to to get from uh, from LAX to Vegas the next day for the Big West tournament. Actually, I already know it's going to be the next day. Just let me know what I can get before going to the airport to get on the plane from LAX to Vegas. That's all I want. Um, I, I think we can work backward from there and uh, make it all happen. Texter from the 348. He did the gritty on each court, on each logo at center court, too. That's exactly what I'm talking about. A la Terrell Owens. Yeah, that's what I mean. That's what I'm saying the guy came out and did the gritty. Unless you're saying he did it before that, too, uh, when everybody was there. I'm just saying what we saw was the gritty about 15 minutes after the game. On the H logo at center court. Exactly what we saw. You'll hear the uh, conversation that Derek and I had with Hawaii men's basketball coach Iran Ganat coming up in just a little bit. Uh, more of your reaction. We'll, we'll break down a little bit of the minutia. Uh, that last shot, what I saw kind of after the fact, uh, watching the video, the replay of how it all went down, kind of take away from it. What different things could have been done, if any? And what does it all mean moving forward? That all the way in a busy Friday. I'm Josh Pacheco at ESPN Honolulu. Sports Center updates coming up in just a little bit. This is ESPN Honolulu at 92.7 FM. And uh, 1420 AM. Text of the day at the moment coming from the 722. I feel like um, every once in a while we need to encourage, not uh, not knock down. We need to encourage the texters when there are some good ones like this one. Huh, Josh. Huh. But he actually said, hmm. Huh. Sounds better. It also sounds like I'm in distress. Hmm, Josh. 
I thought you weren't a hockey fan, but you seem to know all about the Flyers mascot. Uh, I do. Gritty, the Philadelphia Flyers mascot. That belly is super, super, super enlarged. And uh, he also was in an episode of Abbott Elementary, which is one of my favorite shows on ABC. Uh, Quinta Brunson is, does a fantastic job with that show, and they had Gritty show up to uh, to the elementary school. And, um, yeah, yeah, great show. Also insanely ugly mascot. But mascots are not... Mascots are not there to be pretty. Mascots are there to be exciting and fun and to keep everybody engaged and to draw attention and, uh, yeah, represent represent the folks. So, um, Well, it's like the Philly fanatic. Yeah. They're both ugly. Oh, yeah. But they're amazing. (laughs) The Philly fanatic and Gritty, in my opinion, are the two best mascots in the game. And coincidentally... They're really ugly. They're really ugly. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't know. I lost my train of thought. I, I didn't know if you were going to say it or you wanted me to say it. I lost my train of thought personally. Um, Paul texts into, uh, tweets into us at Josh on the radio is how you can get to me. Uh, Josh, thank you for you and Derek and uh, all of ESPN Honolulu's work last night. Firstly, Tanner, great job here. Says, uh, I still say it's not about points for Hawaii men's basketball. They give a great effort and are still ready for March Madness. What's funny is that. That last night's last point slash one point difference balanced out the uh, Diamond Head Classic historical win. And then he said, and this is where the the, the tweet kind of loses me. He says, and then I needed my mama. Help me, mama, and hug me. And then the tweet gets back on track. It says, basketball guys will come back. Please tell us what happens now. I I don't know about that previous sentence i don't i don't know how to help you there i don't well, i don't I really think, know to react i think for much like a for much like a of the hawaii men's basketball games we can forget about the middle part and focus <laughs> on the uh beginning and the end well actually this one was well i guess for, for this, for this game about you do have to forget about the beginning yeah. but for most of the games it's usually the middle part that you do forget about as coach cannot said uh you know maybe some good 22 minutes or so uh throughout the rest you're right. I don't really care about balancing out what happens with the Hawaiian Airlines Diamond Head Class. I don't. I don't really care about balance here. I mean, you take things game by game by game. Um, the effort, absolutely. Uh, I don't think anybody's going to argue effort. But I, at some point, you know, the effort has to translate to results. You know, this is one of those instances where uh, we've seen really more so the win side of that effort as compared to the other. Like, we have seen that great effort in the face of struggle lead to results that that Hawaiian Airlines Diamond Head Classic win against SMU. Um, You know, in in several other games, we have seen that effort pay off. And in some of these games, and and really just a couple, the Texas A&M Commerce uh, loss was one of those. Um, You know, this one was one of those. Yeah, yeah. Effort, great. This team does not have the horses over 40 minutes to be able to take 18 of them off. You know, um, Yale, going back to the championship game of the Outrigger Rainbow Classic. Hawaii offensively, 
brutal at times in that first half. Still found a way to get to overtime. It, it means the effort is absolutely there. At some point, um, you can't find yourself in these spurts of where you struggle and you find yourself in an offensive hole um, where you don't have a lot of defensive lapses. And, you know, you against UC Santa Barbara, and I see you guys in the phones, we'll get to you in a moment, against UC Santa Barbara, you can't afford that. You're, you're going to lose games. But I think worse teams or teams that don't put out great effort don't put themselves in positions to come back like Hawaii did. I think that's 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 one of the differences. Um, you know, Coach cannot talk about how proud he was of his team's effort, and he's absolutely right about it. Um, the effort, the way they came out of the locker room, the way they went into the locker room, all of those things were difference makers in how they got to this particular point. Um, but you see, this is also that that wake up call moment. You 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 can't. You can give great effort. But you can't not execute for 18 minutes against a great team. Cousin Eddie, I've got about uh, 30 seconds here. Go ahead, Eddie. Hey, Josh. I'll tell you this. Kid, accept that uh, because we won the Diamond Classic by one point, it's okay that we lost another game by one point. Because that's like saying if we win by 30 points in one game, it's okay if we get blown out by 30 points another game. That's, you know, you can't do that. This is for first place. We win. We're tied for first in the Big West. That's, you know, that. You know what I'm saying? You can't justify a loss by because we won earlier by that same. You know what I'm trying to say? I know what you're saying, and, and I'll I'll go farther than that. And Eddie, I'm up against a break here. Thank you for calling in. I'll I'll go. I'll, I'll make it less granular. I don't even think it's about first place. I don't think that even comes up in the conversation for me. It's not about comparative wins and losses. You just can't find yourselves in an in an 18 minute rough stretch, and you know get bailed out by great effort all the time. Um, you can't have lulls of execution like we saw in much of that first half. More on this, and you'll hear our conversation with Iran Ganat. This is ESPN Honolulu. Josh Pacheco, it's ESPN Honolulu at 92.7 FM and 1420 AM. Thanks so much for making us a part of your Friday as we lead you into the weekend. All of our guests, when they appear, they do so courtesy of the uh, Aloha Kia hotline. Uh, in a little bit, in fact, well, in seconds, we'll, we'll lead you to Derek Lowenai's conversation with Iran Ganat. That in uh, in just a few moments, uh, more of your texts and calls on Hawaii's loss last night and uh, kind of what we take away from that moving forward, how, how, how big or, or you know, the minutia of it or how big, um, how big it is to a degree uh, that all coming up in just a little bit. Uh, let's listen back to, uh, to Iran Ganat, who was uh, on with us after the game on our post game wrap, uh, looking back at the Hawaii loss. The first thing we'll ask you coach, this was a, this was a wild 40 minutes in which there was a lot to control. And I think one of the first things I'll ask you is 
at halftime, you go into the locker room with momentum, you get that three-pointer that gets you within single digits. What was kind of that message in the locker room that helped continue to keep that momentum rolling into the first few minutes of the second half? Uh, that was the worst half we've ever had. There's not one positive thing to say in the first half. Defensively, awful worst. Offensively, horrendous. Rebounding, down 10 on the board. So um, the message first was thank the basketball gods that were down nine with the ball uh, in the way we're playing. Uh, the second half was all us. Uh, offensively good, defensively good, rebounding, won the boards. And, you know, this time of the year, good teams, you you don't want to put yourself in those situations. you got to play 40. you got to play two halves. We overcame it, gave us a – and then they made a run again, took an eight-point lead. We came back and took a lead. So, you know, right now I'm really proud of our guys for that fight, disappointing in our first half. Um, thankful for the crowd. They were tremendous, especially in the second half. Um, a big part of the message, too, was, you know, what are we going to do other than thank God we're only down nine with the ball was we're playing stronger at the rim. Like Bernardo passive in the first, aggressive in the second, and missed some bunnies that he normally makes. Uh, Kamaka challenged him. Like, you got to play and you got to find other ways to impact the game if the shot's not there. And obviously the shot was there and his defense was good. And, you know, he did a heck of a job for 40 on Norris. Uh, and, and so – you know, a tough one right now. That's what you sign up for when you play or coach. These are hurt, but it's got to hurt for a second so we get back to where if we don't respond from this, we don't deserve to be good. You know, you, you, you look past the numbers. It took everybody really in that second half to kind of not necessarily flip a switch, but to find that gear again. I mean, you, you look from Samuta Vea scoring in double digits to Kamaka Hepa hitting those, those three-pointers in that second half to the defensive effort that made it very difficult for – uh, for A.J. Mitchell, despite the fact that he hit the winner, he had to work for his seven made field goals. That was a tough shot, too, that he hit. You know, it was contested by two people late, and give him credit. Um, you know, we had shots at the rim. They had shots at the rim. They had one more. Um, but it's not all that. It's a lot that came in before that and in critical plays. You know, they couldn't score in the last three minutes, and we turn it over. Close feet on a mismatch. And, um I thought, other, you know, to be honest, we were defending exactly like we normally do in the second half, except for several lapses on um, Anderson, who makes you pay for that. Helped off strong side, helped off strong side twice. is ridiculous in a game like that. Um, so we live and learn, go back to work. Other than that, we were dictating again. And the, you got to dictate defensively, you got to dictate offensively, you got to dictate on the boards, you got to dictate on winning plays. Um, 20 minutes, uh, 22, we did. That the massacre in the first 18 was uh, critical. You know, um, you know, I noticed uh, Santa Barbara. They have good guards, aggressive guards off the dribble. You know, especially when they come off the ball screen. Guys like AJ Mitchell and Pierre Louis, they can get into the paint and and finish or create from there. Uh, we know. I noticed that you know towards the end of the game or maybe in the second half, you guys made a little adjustment. Sometimes you would kind of make that show with the Silva, who usually plays drop coverage. You know, was that something uh, that 100%. you guys? Hundred percent. I mean, yeah, it was getting into the paint too easily. Our drop wasn't effective for us. Point of attack, he was getting us off the bounce, and the ball screen coverage wasn't good. So that was the adjustment. Is when he was in it, we were going to get up and make him pass the ball and uh, make it tougher to get deep in the pain, and we did. I think that was a big adjustment and give our guys credit. Yeah. You also you know, you, you went to your bench a lot in the first half, and you got a lift from – this was one of more sex better games, I thought, in the last couple of weeks, and, and Beyond Riley continues to do what you ask him to do when he gets on the floor. 
I, I keep thinking back to Saturday. You asked a couple of guys to give you a lift off the bench in the first half, and they did, and it seemed like you, you asked for and got the same thing from, from Beyon and Moore and, and even Cody. Yeah, we're going to need that, and I think uh, resting guys where we can, and, and, the, and obviously the bench has to play well on both ends. We had defensive lapses from the bench, and can't come in there and go under a ball screen and help off strong side. I can't do that. can't do that. And um, so, one, we need to – Bet, you know, the good thing is we had, you know, Beyond was good. Moore was effective on the glass. He's got to finish around the rim. Um, but we'll go to work. I mean, I got to do better. They, we, we all got to do better, and we'll live and learn from this. And, you know, I expect our guys to bounce back now into tonight, into tomorrow, and be ready to go. Coach, we'll see you on Saturday. Thank you. Thank you. That's why you had Coach Aranganat joining us here uh, on the postgame report. Yeah, that was the uh, the postgame report. This is the afternoon show. And, uh, you know, Coach Ganat was pretty blunt. When when he talked about that first half, terrible, terrible, terrible. You know, in, a, in, a, in a, almost every phase of that first half, I'm I will still kind of go back to uh, what I said back with that UC Riverside game. Hawaii goes down, you know, single digits at half. They get that big three, but I I do kind of wonder, you know. If not for the bench production that we saw from Hawaii, not necessarily just in points, but really more so about you know minutes, quality minutes from Morsec, from Cody Williams, from uh, from Beyond Riley. If not for some of those minutes, I would argue Hawaii maybe has a much harder time making that run late in the first half and uh, and getting to the locker room to a point where, yeah, it's a, a potentially single-digit game uh, or it ended up being a a, a, a single-digit game, you know? that In that Riverside game, when what you saw from Williams and, and even Zohar Ned, you saw guys just, just giving you a few minutes here and there, but they're doing so to give you uh, the time – for Jovan McClanahan late, for his energy, for Noel Coleman's energy, um, you know, to give you that lift, that hope for a lift right off the bench immediately, potentially later in the game. And and I've got to give credit to to Cody Williams. You know, I, I thought Cody Williams has played a couple of important uh roles here off the bench in the last couple of games. Cody Williams had played significantly little minutes to no minutes. I mean, I, I still think back to that Fullerton game. He was in there really just for, for fouling toward the end of that game. But the last couple of games, he's been the first guard off the bench. Part of that is due to the uh, injuries, or not the injuries, but the lingering knee issue that Justice Jackson has been dealing with. And so Cody Williams has been the first guard off the bench and has, it's not about his offense. It's been about his defense. It's been about um, his ability to not really, not really lapse. You know, there's a there's a point in time, even with Justice Jackson in the game, and our crowd, Mike, I think, caught it where uh, Hawaii used the timeout, and even at that point, Justice, uh, you know, Coach Gannat was like, "Get get Justice out," you know, because he had a couple of lapses, and Cody Williams in his brief time we have seen in the last couple of games on the floor you haven't seen those lapses you don't need a lot of points from him you just need some good balance you need some good play you need some consistency and Cody Williams has done that and uh, and, and that's certainly a a credit to him for being able to step in in the way 
that um, you know that that he absolutely has. If not for if not for that on Saturday, I don't know that Hawaii beats UC Riverside. Um, and if not for the you know, and even Justice Jackson in the first half, so I'll include him, but Sec and Riley and Williams for those minutes in the first half. If not for them, you know, I, I do wonder if Hawaii is able to make that kind of a late charge to get into the locker room down single digits or if Hawaii is in a much worse position where it may have to crawl out of a deeper hole and what we saw in the final 20 minutes of the game maybe doesn't even end up happening. We kind of forget some of those areas where Hawaii has had some pretty important moments from some pretty important, um, maybe maybe less talked about, but sometimes very consequential players um, given the roles that are very much needed. Hawaii is not uh, 100% by any stretch, but Hawaii is certainly playing at as high of a level as it can being competitive against the best teams in the Big West Conference. The UC Irvine game was certainly a lot tougher, but no doubt you, you you see what happened with UC Riverside and you see what could have been with UC Santa Barbara on its own home floor. And, um, you know, you, you, you can't ignore how potentially Hawaii gets to that particular point. Uh, you know, with, with each of those results on each of those particular nights. Josh Pacheco here on ESPN Honolulu at 92.7 FM and 1420 AM. Thanks for making us a part of your uh, Friday as we uh, get you closer to the weekend. So we're almost there. More of your texts and calls coming up. We're also getting ready for uh, NFL Championship Weekend. We got plenty to talk about on the way. It's ESPN Honolulu. Brackets are out for the Hottie and Cook HHSAA Girls Basketball Championships in uh, Division One. You've got soccer championship brackets that are out. We've got the uh, final berth for the ILH in the uh, Hottie and Cook Division Two Girls Basketball State Championships decided tonight as it will be uh, Sacred Hearts taking on Mid-Pacific. That is at 6.30. It's going to be at Damien, by the way. And uh, you can hear the game tonight on CBS 1500, Hawaii's information station. Broadcast time is at 620. That's going to be a very intriguing game. It's that uh, that final chance tournament uh, for those that, that don't know how the ILH does it. Uh, the ILH has uh, three berths into the Division II tournament. Hawaii Baptist Academy won the championship playoff in Division Two to get the top overall berth into the HHSAA. Hanalani uh, lost that game, but they were number two. So the uh, that final tournament, it's an integrated single elimination tournament, um, integrating the uh, d- the rest of the Division Two teams and the uh, four from Division Three. And uh, Sacred Hearts Academy and Mid-Pacific Institute, who were a three and four in Division II, respectively, were the ones that advanced to the championship. So, again, that's at Damien tonight, uh, and that will uh, tip at 6.30. That's on CBS 1500. I'm imagining after that we'll, uh, we'll, we'll kind of have an idea on what the brackets are, lo- are going to look like, and then we'll have coverage of uh, the state championship, the championship night 
in Division One uh, Friday on uh, CBS fifteen hundred from Simplify Arena at Stan Sheriff Center. Our text line, 808-296-1420. You can call us at 808-296-1420, and you can send us your tweets uh, at Josh on the radio. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo is maybe going to be available for the Super Bowl. Maybe. Now, uh, there has been rumors around for weeks on whether Garoppolo would be available this week. And uh, you've heard me say, I want to hear it. Brock Purdy is not playing perfect football. Brock Purdy's playing good enough. In the postseason, I don't expect 60 minutes of perfect football from anybody. It's been a long grind. It's been a long year. And I expect that it will, you know, you're going to have that. I mean, we are seeing the best teams <laughs> you know it's it you know right now it's not like we're seeing the Niners playing the Texans and Brock Purdy struggling in the first half it's not like that at all you're seeing the best teams and you're going to see struggles from everybody nobody's going to play a perfect 60 minutes but i have said as as much as it's an interesting storyline with Jimmy Garoppolo being around, he's in the quarterback room, um, you know, being ready to go. That at the same time, I don't want to hear that Garoppolo could come back. I said the other day, like I kind of feel like I want the Niners to just squash this, just put it aside, and um, you know, if if Garoppolo is going to come back or if he's going to be available just in case, to just put it on the side. Keep it really, really quiet and, um, you know, just move on. But to also affirm that Brock Purdy's your guy, you know, don't play around with this. Brock Purdy's been really good. Brock Purdy has been really fun. Maybe really fun is, is, is more accurate than really good here in the playoffs. He's had a couple of bad halves in these playoffs, but he's done you know, exceptionally well given his lack of experience. But everything needs to be all in behind Brock Purdy. It can't be right now, hey, Brock's here, but you know what? Just in case, Super Bowl in a couple weeks and Jimmy G's going to be back and uh, maybe just maybe if we need Jimmy Garoppolo, we got Jimmy Garoppolo and we'll put him in the game if we need to put him in the game. Garoppolo was talking to Matt Barrows of The Athletic today. He said he can do everything on his still-mending foot but sprint. And when he was asked whether he could be committed to a return for Super Bowl 57, he said, and I quote, that's still up in the air, close quote. Right now the backup is Josh Johnson. Not saying that it matters to me who the backup is. Josh Johnson's a serviceable player, but we're talking about Josh Johnson behind Brock Purdy. We're also talking about Garoppolo, who's going to be a free agent in about a month and a half. We're talking about a lot of things here. I don't I don't know that I need someone looking over my shoulder right now, though. I kind of put it like like uh, you know, someone who has certainly excelled in what they do 
despite um, you know lack of experience, they excel. They look great. You know, they maybe exceed expectations, and you know it gets a little nerve wracking because you continue to excel and you win, and you do everything that's asked of you. Sometimes it, it's it's a little clunky, but you get it done. And all of a sudden, as you start seeing, you know, that you're having some success, you know, in this role that you've stepped into, now you've got eyes behind you. You feel like you've got eyes behind your shoulder. You feel like you're a little bit on edge. You feel like a little uncomfortable. And I can kind of see that. I can kind of understand it. I could see it in in really any kind of office workplace or anything like that where you feel like you're doing well. Last thing you want is to feel like now, all right, got what feels like eyes behind me kind of watching everything I do. And if I screw up, then uh uh-oh. I don't want to see that. I, I really don't. So, um, that's one thing on Kyle Shanahan. And and it's and what's weird to me is, and I kind of put this on the Niners, Jimmy Garoppolo shouldn't even be talking to the media. I understand he's not on injured reserve. If you're on injured reserve, you can't talk to the media. He's not on injured reserve. He's just kind of around. He's there. The x-rays weren't good this time around, so they, you know, they they weren't going to make him available this week. Um, but why is anybody in the media talking to the quarterback that's not going to play that should not be a factor? Why is that happening? That, to me, is on the Niners. That is on their PR team. That is on their media relations staff. That is not something that should be happening. You want to talk to someone? Go talk to Brock Purdy. You want to talk to Josh Johnson? Go talk to Josh Johnson. Uh, but don't talk to Jimmy G if he's not going to suit up and if he's not going to be available to play. That is a no-no. And all it does is create the possibility that um, you know, you're you're kind of opening the door for um, any kind of speculation and any kind of what-if-ism uh, about, uh, uh, about what the leash is going to be for Purdy when Jimmy Garoppolo was back. By the way, speaking of injury news, and I, I don't want to forget this while I have a moment, but uh, we did learn today that Tua Tonga-Vailoa is still in concussion protocol. Um, well after that second concussion that he had, he's not going to be available for the Pro Bowl games, to which, frankly, uh, it really shouldn't matter if he's available in the Pro Bowl games or not. Um, this is also not something that is unique to Tua Tonga-Vailoa's situation. Other people have had multiple concussions, and uh, being sidelined for a longer period of time is kind of a normal thing, but it is a little abnormal because um, we actually are tracking this, not like in other instances where maybe we haven't really tracked any protocol. We haven't really... Tress, it's it, you know, and, and there's a great point. And, and Tanner notes it. It's not because of any. It's not necessarily because of any progress. But in in you know, a few years ago, maybe we don't know this. We don't know how this is being tracked and charted and understanding where an athlete is in 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 these, you know, in these things. This is a little bit different as compared to the past. And I think it is, uh, you know, kind of worth noting. Hey, uh, Dixie Grill and I, Aya has the best happy hour on the island. 32-ounce Bud Lights or Michelob Ultras, just 6 bucks. 
Jack Daniels and Jameson, also six bucks. Peel and eat shrimp, buffalo fries, fried crab, stuffed deviled eggs, and calamari are just some of the favorites. Life's too short to sit in traffic. Head to happy hour at Dixie Grill. All right, uh, Sports Center updates on the way. It's ESPN Honolulu. Big weekend coming up. Hawaii men's basketball on Saturday against CSU Bakersfield to close out the first half of the Big West season. Rainbow Wahine basketball have a very intriguing game on the road at CSU Bakersfield on Saturday. This kind of understanding that a pretty big injury took place uh, with Joby Lefotu on Thursday. It was one that um, I was watching while uh, while we were sitting, waiting to take things from pregame last night, and and watched as Hawaii was uh, who was up big, lost a big lead. Uh, Hawaii trying to uh, get back in the game. Uh, saw Lefotu drive to the basket and uh, go down to the ground. No comment uh, from UH on uh, on the particular injury. I will. I can only say what I think we kind of feel like we know, which is for anybody who watched it last night, um, that was not a particularly good injury to, to see. And uh, Lefotu is an important piece of that team. You hope she's okay, but you hope, the way it looked isn't as severe as what it is. The way it looked, frankly, uh, looked like the kind of injury that could shelve her for the remainder of the year. Again, uh, we don't know the answer to the extent of uh, of, of how that injury goes, but um, that's certainly a big question mark going into Saturday and for a team that has had, I think, just kind of some weird uh, weird, weird things happen to it at times, including, like we talked about, um, having a lead of, what, close to 20 points on uh, on Thursday and, you know, for, for whatever reason, lost it. I mean, give credit where credit is due to, to, to UC Santa Barbara on its home floor for fighting back and taking that lead and give credit to Hawaii for, you know, trying to reverse that fortune again uh, late in the game. But... We're talking about a team trying to defend the Big West Conference title at one last year uh, with promising newcomers and obviously the loss of Amy Atwell. And uh, Hawaii has had some unfortunate luck at times really come into play. And the injury to uh, to Lefotu, however it ends up really coming out, is one of those areas in which, and we'll go to the phones here in a second at 808-296-1420, in which... Um, you know, you 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 kind of look at Hawaii's situation, and you just, uh, man, you, you just really, really get concerned. Uh, we were told after the game, no comment on Lefotu's injury. Laura Beeman said after the game, and I quote: "We played hard and played some of the best offense we have played all year. Give credit to UCSB for not giving up. Tucker got hot, and we didn't have a defensive answer for her." We got tight and went cold. Proud of the girls for handling all the adversity. Lots of adversity that uh, this team went through last night on on, on multiple fronts. Uh, let's say hi to John at 808-296-1420. John, how are you this afternoon? We're pretty good today. How about you? Doing good, John. What's up? 
want to comment about that last play, five point something seconds left. I think you should have brought in uh, Beyond Riley to watch that guy. Um, obviously, they just lobbed it in. The lob pass, Beyond would have played a lot more tougher on that. And Beyond might have played a lot more tougher defense. I mean, we didn't need scoring at the time. We just needed somebody to play defense on this guy that took uh, Javon to the basket all night long. What do you think? Oh, man, I've been meaning to, I've, I've been meaning to get to this, and, and I appreciate the call, John. Thank you for listening. Jovan didn't play bad defense against A.J. Mitchell. Um, you know, Jovan, A.J., you know, A.J. Mitchell was going to take whoever was going to play against him off the dribble. Um, you know, that, I think, was was without doubt. Jovan McClanahan had the assignment of A.J. Mitchell all evening long. That assignment was predetermined before the game. You got a little bit of Noel Coleman based on on uh, rotations on the floor. You had a little bit of, uh, uh, of of Jackson. I think Cody Williams may have had a possession on him here and there. Um, but we kind of knew it was going to be Jovan McClanahan who was going to get the assignment. And, you know, he he didn't make it very easy for uh, for for AJ Mitchell. I think people are missing one of the areas and Tanner Tanner and I had a conversation about this before the show. I think there's one thing that's getting missed in this conversation. I remember looking back at the replay of that game winner last night and there was one thing that stood out. You know, there was a help defender that was in the area. And as AJ Mitchell He's driving down the right side of the lane. You know, Mitchell all of a sudden, or or I'm I'm sorry, the help defender all of a sudden kind of moves away. So, you know, it's, it's kind of odd that we're focusing on, and I understand why, that we're focusing on whether, you know, McClanahan should have had uh, the assignment on him or if it should have been someone else. McClanahan had him from the beginning of the game, and Jovan McClanahan is not a bad defender. Um, McClanahan, I, I think if there was anybody I'm thinking of, I mean, Beyond Riley has played tough defense, but he's been kind of up and down in the game. And you know what? McClanahan's had him. Yeah, that's that's kind of a matchup that that I trust. To me, the issue is the help defense. The one thing McClanahan does not have, and it doesn't matter in some instances, but. The one thing he doesn't have is he doesn't have the height to contest shots like what A.J. Mitchell put up. And that's that shot kind of kind of rising and leaning. McClanahan is, is undersized. With the way Mitchell played it, it would not have necessarily mattered who else you had. And, and I see you guys on the phones. We'll get back to you in a moment here at 808-296-1420. It doesn't matter so much as who's on him. Mitchell's going to have that step. So the next thing is the help defense has to be there. And part of why I look at the help defense is even if there's no shot blocked, just the contest of the opportunity is Mitchell's body's in the air, but his body's leaning. He's leaning toward the baseline. He's putting up an off-balance shot while he's up in the air. Just having hands up in in the view makes that shot a little more difficult. Um. You know, but instead, the help defense went the opposite way. And that made it a little easier for A.J. Mitchell to have that, you know, to have a shot that wasn't really contested there at the end. 
Keone, how are you this afternoon? Uh, doing good, thanks. What's going on? Uh, I just wanted to comment um, on the men's basketball game. I, I don't feel like it was lost in that last defensive possession. It was mm. more of the three offensive possessions they had before that, which was uh, a, a turnover, a missed three, and a contested layup. So they came away with zero points, even though they're up one. Um, I think that was more of the issue than the defense and the last possession. I'll go a little bit deeper than that, Keone. Um, you know, we look into those last few moments. I'll go back to what Aran Ganat said to us after the game. Um, you know, Hawaii's poor start in the first 18 minutes or so of the game, where he said in all phases they were at times used the word terrible, uh, both offensively, defensively, uh, you know, in, in all different phases. Uh, that start uh, was not very good, um, and, and they've been better. You know, they had to climb from within a hole that really they dug for themselves. I don't know that three possessions yeah. necessarily win or lose you the game. They don't help you, but I don't think that's where the game was ultimately won or lost either. True, but, I mean, I, I, I get what you're saying. and Definitely that put them in a hole, but they, they've had games like that before where, they, where they've had poor first halves and come back and, and won games, but... Uh, definitely not not a good look to to put yourself in a hole in the first half and have to climb out uh, dig yourself out of that. Yeah, no doubt about that. No doubt about that. Hey, uh, thank you for the call, Keone. Appreciate you listening. I see his point. Um, you know, kind of kind of getting granular in those last those last few minutes where there were some chances. White took care of the basketball for the most part in this game. Um, some of those turnovers in Hawaii tied a season low in that department were just incredibly untimely. Um, but I, 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 I get looking at those plays. I, I can kind of zoom out a little bit, uh, a, a little bit more on those, uh, in the game in general to, to kind of take a sense as to why Hawaii fell that I don't know that I can just focus on those three, but I, I, Keone's point is bigger and and, I, and it makes sense because, you know, all the focus on one play, and I meant to kind of focus in on the play anyway. We were going to spend a little bit of time on that and why I think we're kind of looking in the wrong place on that play uh, as I hear a lot of people looking about, you know, who, who was the defender, who should it have been, should it have been someone else. I mean, let's kind of go down here. Um, Noel Coleman has been burned against the dribble drive at times this year. Just see that um, Cal State Fullerton game. I mean, he was victimized a lot off the dribble, and one of the reasons why Cal State Fullerton beat Hawaii was because they continuously drove past him and others to get easy shots or trips to the free-throw line by not focusing on, on getting three-pointers, but getting shots inside the arc, getting to the rim. And, you know, you couldn't, in, in, in that situation, you couldn't put Coleman on him. Um, McClanahan, I, I was the right choice because he had the assignment and, and McClanahan, I trust, you know, he has been your gamer and if he wants the assignment and he's had the assignment all game long, why would I take the assignment away from him on the very last play of the game? Outside of the two fouls in the first half, he was clean in the second half and did nothing to deserve having that assignment taken away on the final defensive play and regulation. So that call was right. Um, and I, and I'd rather have someone who's seen him on probably what 40, 50 possessions in the game. I maybe my, my counting may be way off, but 
but having that number on a bunch of possessions in regularity be able to kind of um you know be involved in that in that final particular i will also say 1.9 to go um i thought hawaii could have had an opportunity for a better look on the final shot you know it went into noel coleman and he really didn't waste any time throwing it up from three quarter court i i think in a perfect world if you have somebody off of the inbound flashing over the middle of the court and you're able to get a shot up closer to midcourt somewhere between the midcourt and the opposite three-point line is compared to three-quarter court to give yourself more of a chance I think that would have been a much better situation for Hawaii that didn't end up really happening Coleman just kind of took one dribble and launched it and I don't think that was a that was by design they kind of took away McClanahan and I, I think Coleman at that point just didn't just knew what 1.9 was, and I think he he made 1.9 feel like 0.9, and just let it go without really having an opportunity to let something on an inbounds with full court pressure develop. There they weren't trapping, um, they were they were not going to foul obviously, so I, I think they were. I don't know what they were if they were hoping for anything else, but that was kind of an opportunity where maybe you would have hoped for one more pass to get you closer, get you a better look. Maybe it leads to a foul on a scramble. Maybe it actually uh, actually leads to a make. We've seen some fun things before, haven't we? Um, but you would have loved to see a better shot there toward the very end. Either way, CSU Bakersfield is a is a must win here because we now start to look toward the end of the first half of the schedule and uh, and, and now look ahead to, frankly, um, Hawaii needing to keep pace in the top four, top five of the Big West Conference. I think now we start to pay attention a little bit more to seeding, how Hawaii stacks up in all this. Um, you know, you don't want to fall behind, I think, getting into the second round because as we all know, everybody knows everybody. Film don't lie. Uh, teams will now kind of prepare to do different things going here to the second round of the year. And, um, yeah, I, I you don't want to go into that second round losing a game that you should absolutely not lose. And, and I think the CSU Bakersfield game is a, uh, is a, is a great example of that. So, you know, as, as this team always does, you know, you, you have a little bit of time to, to recognize the win, you clear, and you move on. You have a little bit of time to recognize the loss, you clear, and you move on. And even more importantly now than ever, um, I think you you kind of clear, you move on, and you don't let home court slip away on Saturday against CSU Bakersfield. That's one you, uh, you, you can't afford to lose. We'll check on traffic. Uh, more of your text calls coming up in a little bit. I'm Josh Pacheco with ESPN Honolulu at 92.7 FM and 1420 AM. Josh Pacheco with ESPN Honolulu at 92.7 FM and 1420 AM. Thank you for making us a part of your uh, Friday afternoon. We get you on your way home. All of our guests, when they appear, they do so courtesy of the uh, Aloha Kia hotline. See you in a Kia. 
Uh, it's been an interesting conversation on University of Hawaii men's basketball as we uh, head toward the midway point of the Big West Conference season and uh, start to now kind of uh, look our way forward a little bit toward the uh, uh, the second round travel. Uh, you look at some of those road trips, that could be a little bit daunting. I'm looking at next week. I've already, by the way, and I'm, I'm starting to get into a habit of doing this. I don't know if this is a good thing to do. I don't know if this is not a good thing to do. Um, I'm getting into a habit at lo- of looking at weather reports of, for everywhere I go because it's been just cold in California. It's been kind of cold today, actually. I've been walking around ho- downtown Honolulu, went to go get lunch earlier. It was nice and chilly today. It was nice and chilly um, uh, this morning when I went outside and, and grabbed coffee. Uh, I was looking at Sacramento uh, or the the Davis area. I just put in Sacramento where uh, where we're going to be. Overnight low uh, Wednesday, which is the first night we're there. Um, we leave Thursday night. Overnight low is at 32 degrees. That is uh, that is right at freezing. And uh, granted, you know I'm and, and actually in Davis, overnight low is 31 on Wednesday. 31 during the day, 53 degrees and sunny. It's funny because I still I I'm traveling more now. It's it's kind of cool. I'm getting my my travel legs under me, um, gaining some very valuable life experiences on planes. It's been it's been weird the last uh, six months, going from like 111 degree weather in the summer in Las Vegas for Mountain West Media Days to overnight low of 31 in uh, in Davis, California. And I, I said Sacramento, but we're actually staying in Davis um, right there toward game time. And then uh, San Luis Obispo, where uh, we're going to be uh, Thursday night through Saturday night. Gets a little bit warmer. Going to be cloudy. Uh, I, guess, I think it's as cold as like 38 degrees over the course of the weekend. And then uh, we, we get closer, I think, to uh, to Long Beach toward that Saturday before flying out, and it gets a little bit It is just weird. Maybe I'm not used to it. I'm used to – I've been used to baseball travel over the last couple of years. And traveling in, um, you know, February through May, the weather feels a little bit different. You feel a little bit of cold, but then you're like, oh, this cold's like 50 to 60 degrees at night. Not like 50 to 60 degrees, your daily high temperature. It's um, It's been a different feel. I'm, I'm kind of getting used to it as we go, but it's going to get a little colder uh, for next week's trip. Uh, team going to head out Tuesday, head to Davis uh, Wednesday, travel down to San Luis Obispo after the game on Thursday, and then uh, head down toward uh, Long Beach LAX and fly out. Uh, after the game on Sunday. So it's going to be, this one is just because of where they are and where you're leaving to at the end of the day, this one's kind of a daunting trip for how much uh, how much ground you're covering in the span of, what, five days, going from Northern California and, and Davis slash, you know, Sacramento Airport all the way down to LAX by the time you leave on uh, on Sunday morning. We'll check on traffic here, uh, postseason, the National Football League. We're down to the final four, and one city's mayor thinks he's really, really funny. That's next. ESPN Honolulu, 92.7 FM and 1420 AM.
Josh Pacheco, ESPN Honolulu, 92.7 FM and 1420 AM. Great to have you in. All of our guests appear courtesy of the Aloha Kia Hotline. We've spent some time on University of Hawaii men's basketball today after the uh, very close loss last night for the Rainbow Warrior basketball team on A.J. Mitchell's uh, floater right of the painted area with 1.9 remaining. Texter for the 2-2-1. Slow start puts UH sort of in a catch-up mode early and out of the game plan, substitution pattern, minutes. Puts yourself in a more difficult position uh, to pull out a win. Yeah, I mean... How many game plans truly ever um, go according to plan? Uh, many of them don't, and I think a lot of times you find yourself in a position where um, you've got to go on the fly. Like I'm still surprised, to be honest. I'm thinking back to, um, you know, the the entry of or the amount of minutes I should say of guys like like Cody Williams and in in this scenario in which they were brought in part of me was was kind of surprised to see when they were brought in and how long they were in for i mean just kind of given the stakes you know that was uh that was one area that i was uh, a, a little bit surprised by but uh, but it worked you know it was an adjustment i'm sure from the game plan you also had Jovan McClanahan's foul trouble that came into play. It was one of the few areas in which Hawaii had foul trouble to deal with because the Gauchos were dealing with a whole bunch of foul trouble uh, over the course of the first half. And yet, um, you know, uh, yet kind of had to navigate through all of that and uh, and make it a game, as they did. And, and they deserve a lot of credit for making that a game where for a good chunk of time it was looking like it it honestly wasn't going to be much of one. Uh, but again, I think all eyes now turn to Saturday and that uh, CSU Bakersfield game. Uh, Texter here from the 781. Let's say you flip a coin 100 times and it ends 50 heads and 50 tails. Probably there will be some hot streaks as heads as well by tails. Um, but I'll say this, you know, talking about, you mentioned the link earlier. Says uh, you get two evenly matched teams like Santa Barbara and UH playing a one-point last-second thriller. There will probably be cold and hot streaks for each team. Learn this in Statistics 101 at UH. Brought me to a higher level of consciousness. Okay. <laughs> I I don't know um, what I'm supposed to do with uh, that higher level of consciousness in uh, in this medium that we call uh, radio. Many times sports talk radio doesn't feature that higher level of consciousness. It's just fueled by Red Bull and rage half the time. Um, and in my case, steak fries from right up the road because the uh, the energy drink's gone. That's why. Um, yeah, it 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 happens. You will have, but but part of it is also how you kind of stem those trends and and moving forward, bigger picture, how you try to avoid those difficult trends happening. I think we have to remind ourselves that Hawaii has had too many of these trends and Hawaii has been fortunate that they have kind of survived some of that and been okay. Um, in some areas, not, not necessarily the case. And last night was one that Hawaii almost was able to work through despite such a difficult first half start. Jeff texted, why can't we get 5,000 fans? A great effort anyway. Oh, Jeff. Oh, Jeff. Oh, Jeff. Oh, Jeff. 
you know, I was, I was wondering when this question was going to be asked. Part of me kind of wondered, man, how do I get into this ever so smoothly and diplomatically and, um, you know, and, and, and in a way in which uh, we ruffle as, 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 as few feathers as possible. I don't know how you get 5,000 fans or, or not get 5,000 fans for that game last night. It was 4,086, I think it was. Um, turnstile uh, tickets issued was over 5,000. I think um, there's a few things that really do need to be addressed. And it is, you know, it, it, it goes hand in hand. One, I think this men's basketball team even though this was truly the biggest game of the year for this team at home, Sands, Hawaiian Airlines, Diamond Head Classic, uh, you know, I feel like I'm getting a little bit of a message from the fans. Because, you know, part of me, part of me looks at it and says, it's easy to just put blame on an entity, or it's easy to put, you know, point the finger at someone and, and and see you know where the problem lies, but I also I think have to have to ask the question. Um, there is probably another reason as to why there was only four thousand plus fans at the event last night for what is arguably the biggest game of the year and uh, a revenue generating esque sport for Hawaii basketball. And I think the answer for me is that this team is still, I think, having to prove itself to this fan base that uh, these big games can lead to, you know, bigger results. I keep having Artie Wilson in my head um, every now and again. And, you know, there is, I, I think it's, uh, I, it's not equity, but it is, um, you have to earn the fans coming out for these big games. These fans coming out for big games, it's not just handed to you because you're playing the number one team in the Big West. Um, you have to earn the respect of the fan um, that wants to go out and says, yeah, I recognize this is a big game and I'm definitely going out for this big game and I'm going to make sure um, that we are there as loud as we possibly can to um, you know, have our, our voices heard and root on this team. And... You know, this team in in many years has been kind of a 500 conference team. Hasn't been to a conference championship game in a while. That's what I mean, I think, by equity. Like, you're building the equity, being the trust of the, of the fan to note that, all right, this is a big game. I know that this Hawaii team is going to be in it. I know this is going to be a big game, and I have the confidence that this team can win a big game like this. That is the equity that you build when over a period of time you have success that is that is reasonable to build that kind of fan equity. Now, that's not the only reason that we can look back at a crowd of 4,000 and ask ourselves questions about it because there is one very, very, very low-hanging fruit on that poll from last night. And that was the fact that there were some really, really sweet-looking retro jerseys that were being worn by those players. And not one, not one single jersey that could be found inside an H-zone inside that arena. Not one. 
that shouldn't make a difference as to whether you have 4,000 or 5,000 or 6,000 or a sellout, but it is called giving a reason to get even the casual fans to be able to come by and say, hey, I want to check out a game. Even just a reason. We call those missed opportunities. But I can't not think about going back and think about, well, it can't, you, you can't blame a crowd of 4,000 just on the fact that there were no jerseys being sold on retro night. That's not fair. Um, it's called maybe doing a little bit more to enhance an evening, but it's, it's not, um, you know, it's, it's, it's not the only reason why there's only 4,000 people on the biggest night of the year. It's also the fact that this Hawaii team is still, it, it, it's, it's clear to me that these fans are saying that there is still more that needs to be done. And I see you guys on the phones. We'll get to you in a moment. There is still more that needs to be done to prove that on a night like this, Hawaii can win the big game. Hawaii can be the team. This team can be the one that changes the fortunes of what Rainbow Warrior basketball is or has been, however you want to look at it. And, um, you know, it, you can say, well, but they won the Hawaiian Airlines Diamond Head Classic, but that's one game. It's one game. You're looking for continued success. Hawaii had a much better year last year. Given the circumstances, Hawaii had a year that I thought did turn around or start to make the turnaround on the progress and potential of where this program can go. And I do believe that this team is continuing that trend in being not a 500-ish team, but being a team that is much better than that and playing at a much higher level and playing of as, as a team that this state can appreciate and trust and respect. Uh, but it is, it is clear to me that there is more potentially that needs to be done to have that proven. That is not lost on me whatsoever. Uh, let's get Mark in here. We'll do an M. Dyer Global scoreboard here in a moment. Mark, how are you? Hey, what's up, Josh? Hey, not hey, much, Mark. You know what, Josh? You make good points there about the fans because – but the problem is UH is marketing. Where's the marketing? Right? I mean, it, there's – was it a big game? I have no idea last night. I, didn't, I barely saw anything from UH, no promotions. You got – Retro night, what, that came out, what, the day before? You, you made a point. You can't even buy it. Just like UH baseball, you know, where during the season, you couldn't even buy the, um, the Kelly Green caps. I mean, I, I think a big part of it is, is the marketing. UH doesn't market this team well. It doesn't give incentives for fans to come. And, you know, I, I didn't know it was a big game last night, so... You know, that's part of it. Do you how, – how much do you pay attention to this men's basketball team? Just curious. Um, I, I mean, I, I pay pretty good attention. I mean, I try to catch as much of the games as I can. You know, I, or if not, I'm checking online, seeing what the score is and stuff like that. I mean – Okay, so here's my question I, I, to follow up on that. So you said you, you didn't know that it was a big game last night. Um, 
you mean that just because of marketing, or you didn't think the matchup was good enough to be considered a big game? Um, I, 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 I didn't, I didn't know how good Santa Barbara was. I, I thought Irvine was was the top. That's why I didn't know Santa Barbara was on top. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Hey, Mark, thank you for the call. By the way, we're, I'm told the uh, baseball caps were sold out. It's probably one of the reasons why you you couldn't find them last year. Um. I have a hard time, by the way, thinking about not knowing it's a big game. Sorry. Um, UC Santa Barbara was number one. Hey, listen to us on the radio. We'll tell you so. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll tell you um, it's a big game. There's some trickiness here to the retro uniforms. Look, the retro uniforms came out, I think, was it was it right at the beginning of the week? And they dropped the video on it. You have to be timely. For those, you have to, you know, you, you have to drop these videos like that in a timely manner so that by the time game time comes around on that Thursday, it's not forgotten. Um, but you can also announce way ahead of time, oh, um, uh, you know, stay tuned. We're going to have a retro night and pay attention very soon. We're going to have a reveal on the retro jerseys like you can drop that ahead. You know, the alumni night, I know they were trying to do a call-out a couple of nights before the game, but they probably were putting feelers out before then. I think they wanted to get more feelers out prior, um, but that was something that was found on on, on social media. The um, Tanner, you could just say it. You can just say it on the microphone. Go for it. Oh, yeah, but I was saying for the first post about the jerseys, at least, was on the 22nd, so only about five days ago. There's, uh, so that goes to my point. There's timeliness about... When you drop a video, when you drop like a hype reel because you don't want to do it way ahead of time and then people forget about it, it's called being trendy, buzz. But you can also preview ahead of time. You could also get people hyped before the hype, um, get word out, stuff like that. You know, UC Santa Barbara, the matchup being what it is, it's timely. Um, You have X amount of time to try to, you know, you know, get the attention out that the game is the big game and it's maybe the big game of the year. But I think it goes back to, to Mark's point where his point is right. There are people who aren't diehard UH men's basketball fans who may not know, oh, it's the biggest game of the year. And sometimes it's not just um, obvious to people that it is the biggest game of the year. Sometimes, you know, you have to tell people, hey, this is the biggest game of the year. So you need to be here. You need to put the word out a little bit. You need to do a little bit more to make sure that those people do absolutely know. If you didn't know then, now there's no excuses. Now you do. It is a big game. You have to be here. And I think to Mark's point, you know, maybe he missed thinking it was UC Irvine who was the best team, not not UC Santa Barbara. But point being, I mean, you can't you, you can't miss out on an opportunity to tell your story. Marketing in and and you know press and, and communications and all that stuff, a lot of it is very much storytelling. And sometimes, you know, a team can do its own storytelling based on you know its wins and losses, but sometimes you also need people to help you tell your story to get butts and seats. And I think when some people say, well, we didn't know how, um, you know, how big this game was going to be, what that tells me is it sounds like nobody was really there to tell the story of this Hawaii team. And that's a shame.
Let's get our M. Dyer Global scoreboard in here, brought to you by M. Dyer Global, moving Hawaii into the future. Uh, we are watching uh, kind of a an interesting night in the NBA, 2.45 to go in the fourth quarter. Timberwolves, a 107.95 lead on Memphis. 10.59 to go in the fourth. OKC, 78. Cleveland, 78. And uh, Farmers Insurance Open. Round three is complete. The final round is tomorrow, so they avoid the uh, AFC and NFC Championship game. Sam Ryder's got a two-stroke lead on John Rahm. Ryder at 12 under par. Tony Finau is in third at eight under par. Again, final round tomorrow. It's your M. Dyer Global scoreboard brought to you by M. Dyer Global. Always on the move. This is ESPN Honolulu. Right now, we take a look at traffic. Yes, it haunts me. Sunny days, I miss you. Yes, it haunts me. First you see it, then you feel it. Now I'm caught and we're making our own thing. Now I'm following you out to the coast. If I never come through. If I never Sports Center updates coming up in just a little while. It's ESPN Honolulu at 92.7 FM. And 14:20 a.m. Great to have you in. Uh, we'll get some more of your uh, your your texts in here at 808-296-1420. Uh, texter from the 347. UH needs to have the major TV news stations aware of the upcoming games and their significance. Not everyone goes on Twitter updates. Also, did the Star Advertiser mention about this being the biggest game of the season so far? No. Give this team main page, one page sports coverage for men's basketball. All right, I'm gonna. Like, I, I feel like we have to, like, draw the line a little bit on kind of um, Tanner's grabbing the newspaper as we speak to see if men's basketball is on page one of the sports section. Sorry, I look online a little bit more. I don't necessarily uh, look at the sports page. Do you have the sports page in front of you? Do you have it? Is that is that today or is that yesterday? It's yesterday. Oh, I see what he's doing. He's trying to see... Um, if what puts it at like hype level, Tanner, so, what can you report for me? So here's the headline on the front page of the sports section. Okay, UH hopes to strike first, strike hard versus top Big West Conference teams. That's Th- the at least the headline. You know what that sounds like, Tanner? I, I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. That sounds like there was an entity trying to do. Well, first off, Star Advertiser's job is not to be a hype piece. Star Advertiser's job is to be a news organization, um, not a hype machine for any particular piece, for any particular entity. But based on what I just heard there, you know what that kind of sounds like? That kind of sounds like trying to tell people, hey, uh, this is a top team coming in to simplify arena at Stan Sheriff Center. I did hear a word kind of similar to that in the headline, didn't I? I will say, though, okay, in in an argument for this, in the regular front page, okay. the only allu- the uh, in the sports preview because you know how on the very top of the uh, Star Advertiser they usually have like three things to look for in each section. Uh-huh. In the sports one, it's about the UH men's volleyball sweep against Queens. Yeah, but, but I to also to be fair, that's also the most immediate score, right? The most hard news thing they could go for, right? To be fair, I don't expect. Sports on the regular front page, I don't expect that. Um, you know, news kind of um, kind of comes first in that regard. So, you know, I I expect that sports kind of stays out of the way there. But let me make a delineation here. Um, 
when I say, because I'm already getting like a little bit of blowback on this, so I want to make sure like I'm I'm very clear and I'm not like misrepresenting this. When I say telling the story, um, and when I say and when I delineate like marketing and telling the story, um, you know, one thing that is consistent every week, every almost every other day, frankly, is that. Um, there is information constantly about the team. It's not the job of the news networks to be out there, um, but they do. Alan Hoshida from KHON2 did a live hit last night from the arena. You know? But when, I, when telling the story, athletics does it, marketing's got to help. Sports Center coming up. Welcome to your weekend. If five o'clock counts for your weekend, Tanner, it counts. Well, for us, I mean, we're still working. We got an hour to go. Um, but for everybody else, because we're, I guess, we are in the other end of it. For everybody else, this is their weekend. Uh, thank you for uh, taking us along with you on your drive home, on your drive to whatever you're doing out and about. Uh, this is ESPN Honolulu at 92.7 FM and 1420 AM. Great to have you in. All of our guests, when they appear, they do so courtesy of the Aloha Kia hotline at Aloha Kia. Uh, you know a guy. It's been a really busy afternoon. We've been preparing for... Uh, uh, what's to come this weekend, conference championship games. We actually haven't spent a ton of time on these conference championship games. Uh, we've had an entire week. Hope to spend more on it. Hawaii Athletics has certainly taken a lot of our attention, and deservedly so, with uh, what's been on everybody. What's What's been on our plate with big basketball last night, what's to come going forward tomorrow, that uh, that has taken a lot of our attention how close last night was has taken uh, a, a lot of our attention. And uh, uh, we'll get back to Hawaii basketball. A lot of you have texted in. Uh, we've spent a lot of time on it. And uh, we'll get back to your text coming up in just a little bit at 808-296-1420. You can text us there. You can call us at that same number. Tweet us uh, at Josh on the radio. We, uh, we often get here in conference championship week. In the National Football League, we get a lot of politicians trying to make names for themselves by uh, trying to be, you know, out in front, make, making bets, uh, you know, going up against their their fellow mayors like we're seeing in Cincinnati and in Kansas City, going up against their fellow mayors. Uh, hey, uh, if, uh, if, if Cincinnati wins, I'm just totally making this one up, by the way. If Cincinnati wins then you need to eat an entire bowl of Cincinnati chili, which, by the way, is not a punishment. Cincinnati chili is, don't look at me like that, Cincinnati chili is really good chili. Although I realize uh, on the more, well, true end, it's called Skyline Chili, uh, we have a recipe at home that is called Cincinnati chili, so we just call it Cincinnati chili and yes, we eat it over noodles, and yes, uh, spaghetti noodles, and yes, it is really, really good, and no, I am not apologizing. I want to have it. At some point, when I go once in my life to Cincinnati, at some point, uh, I want to be able to have that. That will probably be my first meal. Uh, whenever I go to Cincinnati, Ohio, we'll be finding a skyline and having a perfectly good bowl 
of Skyline Chili. But let's not use it as punishment. I know there is a certain broadcaster in New York, his name is Gary Cohen, who does the Mets games, who has, uh, when the Mets have played the Cincinnati Reds, has raged against Skyline Chili or Cincinnati Chili, whatever you want to call it. Big mistake. It's very, very good. Don't do it. But there was one that was, uh, um, it, it wasn't even a bet. It was just one of those, um, one of those social media things that, you know, probably in a couple of days, you'll probably look back on and say, hmm, do I wish I had this one back? Do I wish I had the opportunity to take this back? Maybe, uh, maybe hit re-record, delete, try again. Uh, I don't know what, whatever you would decide to do to, um, you know, maybe avoid kind of an embarrassing, slightly embarrassing, uh, tweet. Now, let me, um, go back and tell the story a little bit. Part of this is the narrative that Joe Burrow owns Patrick Mahomes because as long as Burrow has been in the league, and as long as both of those teams have played, that, um, well, Burrow's never lost. And um, the mayor of Cincinnati kind of highlighting that, Aftab Puraval. And if I'm saying that wrong, I apologize. But uh, there was a Twitter post that I happened to see a little bit earlier today. Uh, because, you know, Burrow's 3-0 against, uh, against Patrick Mahomes. In a uh, Twitter video, he decided that um, he was uh, going to make note of how good Burrow has been. In fact, Pureval put out a Who Day proclamation. He says, and I quote, um, the Bengals quarterback has been asked by officials to take a paternity test confirming whether or not he's Mahomes' father. Hmm. I've heard um I've heard digs, I've heard jabs, I've heard, you know, friendly banter between people. One of the things I have not heard all that often is are you Mahomes' father? Like, it, it's even awkward to just think back and just kind of, like, reread and recite. Like, the idea of throwing that out is just weird. And then later rips Kansas City and says, Kansas City is named after its neighboring state, which is, you know, just kind of weird. Well, um, to just kind of tell you how weird... And odd it all is uh, because, of course, um, you know, he called Arrowhead Stadium Burrowhead Stadium. And I told you part of the uh, proclamation. I didn't uh, uh, I didn't read it in its entirety. But you see, um, there was an apology that was made because he got something wrong. And no, it wasn't the whole uh, paternity test thing. You see, 
it was the Kansas thing when he said, and I quote, and whereas Kansas City is named after its neighboring state, which is, you know, just kind of weird, close quote, here are some facts. Kansas City, according to Cincinnati.com, was incorporated in 1853, eight years before Kansas became a state. The city was initially called the City of Kansas and later became Kansas City in 1889. So the mayor of this town gets it wrong, puts up an apology on uh, on his social media. Uh, he live tweeted, and I said, Bengals Nation, LOL, I hear you. My competitive juices and love for Cincy got the best of me. My bad. Staying hungry and humble. See you Sunday. Who day, baby? How's about who weird, dude? I don't know. Sometimes I, what? You didn't like that one? You thought that was weird? What? After everything I just shared, you thought that was weird? Yeah, that's got to be a little bit weirder than the what? Skyline Chili. Who what? weird? Who weird? Just, just we can we can say it like it is. That He's was weird. the weird thing. He's weird. Let's just say it like it is. Point it out. He's weird. Words, yes. In the words of popular actor from Modern Family, Eric um, Stone Street. Eric Stone Street. Uh, you are a dork, <laughs> Mayor of Cincinnati. <laughs> yes, uh, absolutely a dork. You have something wrong, by the way, with putting Cincinnati uh, cinnamon and chili. I've just re- read the board here. You got a problem with that? Well, it's whatever Skyline does to their chili. Yeah, there is um, cinnamon in its chili. I and look you know, for, the, we're, for we're, let, me, let me finish this though. For for the 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 version we make at home, I do the spices. Um, so I put the spice mixture together. It is perfection. It's got some heat to it. It's got some great dark flavor to it. It is awesome. Anyway, and, and I was gonna say, and I think we can be ones to talk here in Hawaii because we also put you know, a not very traditional ingredient into our own chili, into our Zippy's chili. I don't know if it... You're talking about about mayo, right? Yeah, Yeah. I'm not sure if a lot of... I'd be like, yeah, the mayo is what makes Zippy's chili just Mm -hmm. so good. Mm -hmm. But if you probably told someone that, they would probably look at you in the same eyes when someone says, yeah, I'm about to go to Skyline Chili and get me a three-way. That's what you call it when you get the chili on top of the spaghetti. I didn't know that. Yeah, they also have drive-throughs. I, I really in was case wondering. You're in a rush. I was really wondering where you're going with that. I had no idea. All in all, I'm just saying, <laughs> this is just weird activity coming out this, from. Yeah. Just do like what, just do what, like what Rick did. Rick Blangiardi did with the mayor of New York. You know, pizza. Let's get some pizza for us and whatever he was gonna give them for. I mean, did we actually ever think we were gonna give anything away for the Little League World Series? No, no. But, you see, um, Rick doesn't need to do uh, – Mayor Blangiardi, I haven't seen him in a while. hope he's doing well. Uh, Mayor Blangiardi does not need to result or resort down to the um, – how should I say? The awkward awkward dad joke attempts in order – like, like to me, the – I have asked Joseph Burrow to take a paternity test to see if he is Mahomes' father is kind of like dad joke vibe. Where you're trying to be cool, but you realize you're trying too hard, um, and it and it ends up being way worse than what it could have actually been. Where you could have just put out the video, showcased your orange tie, your Bengals lapel, uh, your lapel pin on your suit, and just said, "Hey, 
Skyline Chili, eat up because Burrow's going to win. By the way, one more thing on that. The um, the whole paternity test, if he's your father, three games. Like, I, don't, I don't know if we do need to do a poll on this on my Twitter at Josh on the radio, but look, three games in the first, what, three years of his career. At what point is a sample size too small to start pulling out the the uh, the paternity test jokes? Like, if Burrow had won the first five in five years, then okay. Um, you know, we could we could start saying, yeah, does Joe Burrow have his number? Three games in the lifetime, how long these quarterbacks are playing against one another, three games is nothing. Secondly, as we get later in the postseason, yeah, Quarterbacks play a part. Quarterbacks don't win, um, I don't think, win these conference championship games. I think we've talked about it several times. I think we come down to defenses. I believe Chiefs-Bengals will come down to defense. Mahomes and Burrow will play a part. We'll see how healthy Mahomes is. But this isn't as much about him, um, except if he is incredibly hobbled, which we'll find out. But it's not as much about him. It's really more about which defense is going to come down to uh, uh, to making those big plays late. So it's like here's this mayor, you know, going down to the uh, the only joke he knows how to give because he probably hasn't watched a lot of his team play. But somebody in his in in his department, somebody in his communications team was like, "Hey, um, hey mayor, you know, we got to do this whole friendly friendly fire thing with the opposing mayor. So uh, let me just feed you something." And you can go and run with it. And then they fed him the fact that Burroughs never lost to Mahomes and then fed him the corny lines. And then the mayor just said, corny. Oh, I'll take it farther than corny. I'll take this to just straight dad bod weird. And he did. 3-0 and is nothing. 5-0? and Okay, we can start throwing out uh, the, the who's your daddy jokes on who owns who. Uh, but not in this case. That don't work. Not, not a bit. Texter from the 724. Uh, Hootay Nation, Bengals all the way. Yes. And then uh, I guess this is from uh, this is from the chili conversation. Texter from the 354 says peanut butter. I don't I don't know that peanut butter is in uh, at least not in the recipe that I've used for uh, for, for Cincinnati chili. I don't think uh, I don't I don't think peanut butter is a uh, is a real good example there. Doug Texton, Cincinnati versus Baltimore is a good example of what you were saying. Cincinnati-Baltimore is, I mean, those teams just don't like each other. <laughs> there, there's also that aspect to it. Bengals-Chiefs are different. Cincinnati-Baltimore, those two teams just don't like each other at all, and it makes for a, uh, a very different dynamic, uh, I think, than, uh, than what you're accustomed to when they get together. Keep those texts coming at uh, 808-296-1420. Uh, your phone calls at 808-296-1420. And man, um, I, 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 I kind of, I'm still kind of thrown for a loop at what you, what, what do they call that chili? What is it, a three-way? It's called the three-way. Okay. Because you have the spaghetti, the chili, and the cheese. You uh, make it a four-way by adding onions and a five by adding onion crackers or oyster crackers. Interesting. I have, um, I have never thought of it that way. I probably never will. Um, if you if you order it, that's the only way you can do it. In Cincinnati is at what you're Skyline. saying. At Skyline. Okay. Well, 
Uh, I mean, I, like I said, I have to have that experience of going to a skyline and, uh, and, and ordering that way. And then probably once I do, it'll probably feel less weird <laughs> if you really think about it. Traffic on the way. It's ESPN Honolulu. Like uh, that was a, a very well. Let's just put it this way: I I I'm full now after that last segment. I am full after eating so much food, uh, and and it was more like food salad from words, not food of anything I just ate. Because just the conversation on uh, on Skyline Chili has taken my appetite away from eating dinner i i feel like uh i i feel like my entire day has changed because uh i i feel like that segment filled my appetite it's really weird how that works really really weird uh <laughs> eddie uh Cousin Eddie texts in, enjoy the radio shows and game broadcasts. My comment is about your UH attendance topic. Thursday night was a busy night for Hawaii basketball fans. ILH tournaments for both boys and girls varsity finals. While there may not be a lot of fans at those tournaments that would have gone to the UH game, there were multiple options for fans to choose from. And Saturday night is the final for all three ILH basketball divisions. I think he's talking about the boys. Uh, I hope to be at the UH game Saturday night and see you there. The fan turnout and uh, should be more to your liking. Go Bows, thanks, cousin Eddie. It's not it's 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 not necessarily to my liking. You know, I I have said many times that I'm not going to be the person that says, "Hey, um, you know, you need to go to this game, and if you don't go to this game, then you know, you you haven't spent your money the right way." Uh, like I said, you know, part of part of this is this is a team that I think is still you know, building equity with this fan base on how it performs in some of these big games. Like, I, I get that there are other things going on. Um, but I don't I don't think, you know, Rainbow Warrior basketball attendance was different because there was ILH basketball going on last night. I think Rainbow Warrior basketball attendance, um, you know, there wasn't enough marketing for the jerseys. And, and I also believe part of it was this team is still, I think, proving to some section of the audience that when they have these big games that they can win um, or not have the kind of lull it had in the first half that makes you feel like they've taken themselves out of these games. Like these big moments, you know, can be built by these big opportunities when you have a team like UC Santa Barbara in town. I, I think that's what that's what I mean. That's the 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 fan equity it's not about oh there's a lot of other stuff going on you know there are there are things that are going on and you can spread people around all over the place based on what's happening but i i talk about equity it's it's building trust with the fan base that you know, you've got a big game okay you're going to show up for the big game and you're going to win in the big game and regardless of what happened last night that's what hawaii is still proving to this fan base last night was a loss but also says hawaii did try to show up in that game sports center's on the way
got another memorable moment in NFL postseason history coming up in uh, just about 10 minutes. It's ESPN Honolulu at 92.7 FM and 1420 AM. I'm Josh Pacheco. All of our guests, when they appear, they do so courtesy of the Aloha Kia hotline at Aloha Kia. You know a guy. Oh, man. Um, we have had uh, we have had fun. By the way, um, Tanner, note to the studio. Uh, they'd like a return feed over to uh, uh, over uh, over. No, they, they've connected to us so they can get the return feed so they can listen into the craziness of what has been this last hour. Um, you know, we have we I, I, I hope that's I hope that's better now. OK, um, because we got a request from uh, from out there at Damien. Hey, uh, want to listen to the rest of the show. But, you know, um, we're Damien. So uh, if we can get some help, you know, patching things over, of course, this is for the uh, girls D2 tournament championship game. The final berth for the uh, for the ILH in the girls state basketball championships that will be decided coming up here at uh, about 630 on our sister station, CBS 1500. That, uh, you know, hey, uh, through, the, uh, through the power of technology that most of you will probably not even hear, through the power of technology, uh, we'll take our feed and, uh, and work that over to, to Damien for you to check out Mid-Pacific and Sacred Hearts to see who we'll get to the state tournament next week. Texter from the 497. Let's get through some of these texts. We've been talking about fan interest. We've been talking about UH basketball. It's the, it's the topic that uh, certainly hits home for a lot of people. Texter says, Josh, interest in basketball is not there. Need to show games on home, over-the-air, TV, free. It worked before. It can work again. Limiting access to cable only is a negative locally. Uh, Texter also says UH needs an app. For a fee, you can view any game. Okay. Um, Let's see, where do we begin on that? And and by the way, I'm triggered because we saw a post earlier today from a student athlete who said he... uh, uh, what do you say? He got a, he got an offer, or at least had a had a visit uh, with the University of Hawaii. Here, uh, blessed to have received an offer from the University of Hawaii. Huge thanks to the coaching staff for the opportunity. This this uh, this individual's name is Apolosa Buru Naivalurua. He's from Garden City. He's a six foot eight shooting guard and small forward. That part is not relevant to the conversation. The relevant part to the conversation on television is that this individual was really looking for a photo to post on his Twitter showing where, um, you know, what school was was giving the opportunity to, to potentially play for him. And so there's the photo of the then just called Stan Sheriff Center. It was not called Simplify Arena at Stan Sheriff Center. And if you want to know... Tanner, be ready. If you want to know how old this photo is, you weren't ready. How old is it? There we go. It has the K5 b- uh, banner in the background. K5, the home team, the former broadcaster for uh, University of Hawaii Athletics. And, uh, of course, they were over the air way back when. Like what, fifteen years ago or so? I don't remember how long it's been since uh, since Spectrum Sports has had the rights. But that's the first the first thing I noticed outside of the fact that this thing had some markings on it, showing that this was someone's image, 
and they were uh, this someone had the rights to this image and it has someone's phone number and an ID and an at and at the bottom it says this watermarked comp image is for previewing purposes only used on this student athletes uh, photo showing that he was being recruited that one other thing that just was blaring in the background was that K5 logo in the back and the only thing I could hear in the back of my mind was the blowing of the conch shell right before the uh, the game opener with the graphics, with the uh, the five rolling, and then all the highlights, and then you have the face of that K5 um, right in front of you, right toward the end of the opening graphics, leading you right to uh, whether it's the, the Stan Sheriff Center or Lesmore Kami Stadium, and uh, that music... I'm sorry, no offense to the Spectrum Sports music, but the K5 music, iconic. Not going to apologize for that one. But back to the text. I don't believe games on over-the-air TV makes a difference. Um, we're, we're, in, we're in the 21st century now, and... Um, this is about this is business. This is about being in a business. Whether the game was on free TV or on cable, I don't know how many people honestly don't have cable or satellite. I don't know how many people listening to us right now just simply have, I don't know, um, antennas. Well, now it's not antennas. Now, I mean, it, it literally, well, I guess it is an antenna, but it's digital over the air. It's not just analog over the air. Now you don't have your, your bunny ears with the foil over it to make sure you get the, uh, the, the best signal possible coming through into your living room. Uh, now there's a little bit more you got to do for that. But name me how many places in, uh, in, in, in this country where you have live sports from a local team that goes over the air. There aren't many. Most of it now is regional sports networks, or it is on an ESPN Plus, or you know it is it is somehow visible in some way. Or if you have cable, you can also watch it on your app. You can watch it on your t on your TV, on your phone, on your computer. There are ways to watch it, but we are past the days now. Unless you are in an area, and, and there are areas. I I used to live in one a long time ago in the Big Island where. Um, there was no cable. Like, we had to get satellite or we had to get, like, digital. We had to get the bunny ears. And there was a point where they finally got cable because enough people on our street up where we lived said, yeah, we want cable. And that made it worthwhile for the cable company to say, all right, we'll run whatever we got to run to get the cable up to your street. That's how much in the boonies I used to live in when I was uh, really, really young. It's not as much like that anymore. It's I, I I've I've heard this with football so often, when people have said, "Oh, but the, the problem is pay per view." No, the problem is not pay per view. Pay per view didn't tell twenty three thousand people on average every Saturday not to show up to a game. Pay per view just simply said, "Here's an option." If you don't like the experience, here's an option if you just simply can't go to a game. Here's an option if you like our presentation because you're still spending money and some of that money we're actually spending to give to the University of Hawaii. 
the idea of television being blamed for whether you have 4,000 people in the arena for a night game or you have 20,000 people at Aloha Stadium instead of 40,000 people at Aloha Stadium, the idea of television being the culprit is absolute garbage. Because it is it is just lowest common denominator because you don't really know who else to blame. So you want to think all the way back into the old days where, oh, if you really want to catch the game, then you got to be on the radio or you got to be there. Television is a service. Television's a very good service. Television is also a business. And you know what? The option of purchasing a pay-per-view versus purchasing tickets? I mean, is anybody really wrong for their opinion? No. I have said before, I will say again, I will go back to football, and I believe basketball is different. Um, my, my argument for football is definitely different than basketball. My argument with football has been that the atmosphere at football at then Aloha Stadium to me was not good. Um, and I think for those that bought pay-per-views instead of going to games, they said that. They made that clear. Go to a game at Clarence T. C. Ching Athletics Complex. It's not perfect. Um, and, and it is something that they are always trying to work on all the time. It's not perfect, but it is far and away better than being at Aloha Stadium on any given Saturday. Because the University of Hawaii took that into its own hands and actually listened to its fans and listened to trying to create an experience that is maybe less than ideal because of amount of seats, but at the same time, something that it can make its own and build upon and grow. Not TV's fault. I put that on game day experience at Aloha Stadium. Basketball's different. Basketball fan experience is fun. I enjoy it every time I go. Um... Flex cam's always fun with uh, with young man at heart who uh, they know where he is every game, every single time. Um, but that's why I say, and I'll go back to what I said last hour, this team I think is still building equity with its fan base. That in a close game, it will be there. It will live up to the moment. Win or loss, it will build up to that moment and play big in that moment. It has it's it's still proving that to the fan base. And that does take a little bit of time. For years this team has been near 500. Has missed conference championships op- opportunities, lost in the first round of Big West tournaments. That does stick with some people and I get that. Ray, I appreciate you being very patient. How are you, my friend? Hey, how you doing, Josh? Good, Ray. This is a real quick question for you because you're probably one of the only people that can answer it honestly. Because you're there with teams like Irvine or Santa Barbara when Hawaii goes to play there. We're talking about getting 4,000 people last night at our game. And it's unfortunate the team lost, but it was a good game. It was, it was interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, but those folks got loud. Those 4,000 people got loud. I know you felt it where you're sitting. I did. And so my question is, from you, everybody that talks about we need to get more than 5,000 fans, this, that, and the other. How many fans do you see, honestly, at Irvine or Santa Barbara when any team, or at least when Hawaii goes in? Because they're playing in gymnasiums, and it looks empty. And I'll take your comments off the air. Have a good weekend. Hey, same to you, Ray. Uh, look forward to seeing you tomorrow. Um, 
See, I haven't been to, to the uh, Thunderdome yet. Uh, that will be my first opportunity in March. Um, Irvine was just there. That crowd, it was okay. Um, you know, student section was great uh, at Irvine. What is uh, man? I didn't I didn't remember the actual number for tickets, um, you know, for turnstile. But I would imagine there was probably over a thousand to to, to thirteen hundred people. It was whiteout night. It was um it was a good student effort. They were sitting behind me. Uh, that was on the was that on the TV side, camera side? Uh, it might have been. I can't remember. Anyway, some of the times on, on TV you see one half of the crowd, and that one half might not be the best half. I, I remember hearing that about volleyball last night, uh, where where Tiff Wells was at, where where the best half was actually on the side you couldn't see, um, and that sometimes kind of kind of distorts the view and 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 the audio of kind of uh, how you hear it. I, I think of Riverside, Riverside, yeah. good student population. They got they got free food. I mean, hey, you're gonna you're gonna give out free uh, free sliders and fries to students. They'll show. I think there were about half students, half community members, and it was still me, maybe 800, maybe. Ray's point is, is I think, where he's going is maybe people are crying over spilled milk about 4,000 people as compared to going to certain places where where the crowd is is not the same. And Ray's point has, has validity to it. Um, I think where some people might follow up with that, and I probably will as well, is to say, okay, we're not going to settle for that. That's that's not good enough for us. We've got a 10,000-seat venue. We want to fill that up. It is the only game in town. In California, you've got plenty, plenty and plenty of plenty of games in town and within you know an hour or sometimes two hours driving distance where you know you ex- you expect better, and I, I totally understand that. Um, but he's right. That crowd, my watch kept telling me about decibel levels being really hot, really loud and saying, in a 30-minute time span, it could affect your hearing, <laughs> which is very disconcerting because it's not like I can go anywhere. So, yes, with a, with a decibel level that was over 90, according to my watch, yeah, my hearing will be affected after a little while, even with headphones on. Um, the energy was great. It, I felt it. I felt it courtside, regardless of how many people. Um, the point, unfortunately, is not about energy. It's about mass and filling up 10,000. And how do you do that? How do you do it the right way? I, and I think that's the point that I don't think we've uh, we've, we've gotten away from. Uh, another memorable moment in NFL postseason history is coming up right now. We take a look at traffic. This is ESPN Honolulu. No, Chris Hart did not infiltrate this radio show over the last few minutes. I said, uh, you know, we got to get into our version of the weekend. For some of you, you've already started the weekend. And, uh, yeah, uh, I could use that. Getting home, then relaxing, and ultimately falling asleep at 8 (laughs) o'clock. Falling asleep at 8 o'clock after a long night. And then uh, getting ready for basketball tomorrow night. uh, Hawaii and CSU Bakersfield. 7 o'clock, Simplify Arena. Uh, Stan Sheriff Center. Our coverage begins at 6 with Countdown to Tip-Off, presented by the Waikiki Malia by Outrigger. It's busy tomorrow. I mean, we got so much tomorrow. Not only that, uh, we've got men's volleyball on the road. We'll see if Spiros Hakas is uh, healthy. He was sick. They held him out on Wednesday. 
Hawaii still won in straight sets over Belmont Abbey. They'll get Barton College coming up on Saturday. We already know Hawaii is without Jakob Tella. He is uh, back home due to uh, load management. Load management. It's about, uh, and, and the way they're doing this, it's about uh, the attempts for a 3 P. And so if they can have Jakob Tella healthy when it matters, then uh, then, then that's how they want to do it. So uh, busy weekend. We've got, uh, of course, conference championship games in the National Football League Sunday. You can hear both games right here on ESPN Honolulu. And at ESPNHonolulu.com, our brand-new looking website. You can check it out there. You can order your uh, ESPN Honolulu T-shirts while you're there as well. Uh, wrapping up with a couple of texts before we wind things down. Uh, texter from the 291. If Hawaii had in the early 70s, fabulous five, ranked in the top 20, would bring in the fans. The problem is the team itself. We haven't had an exciting ranked UH in a while. Winning brings in the fans. Man, if you're really comparing Hawaii uh, basketball teams of now to the fab five and to the, uh, to the 70s, Man, uh, <laughs> you are really setting a high bar because there aren't many teams that are gonna uh, gonna hit the electricity and fun and exciting scale of the Fab Five. Just ask Artie Wilson. No, wait, amend that. Just ask the jersey Artie Wilson wore last night. Uh, not much is gonna hit the energy and enthusiasm, no matter what this team does. Uh, no matter, even going back to the, what, 20, uh, was it 2015, 2016 team going back to then? No matter any of that, nothing's going to match those teams back in the 70s to which those retro jerseys were reprinted and recreated. By the way, props Artie Wilson for uh, wearing that jersey underneath his, uh, his, his beautiful Aloha shirt. One thing I wish he did, call the game with the jersey on not the yellow hush shirt. Just imagine that. <laughs> need, need me say less. Just imagine Artie Wilson guns out retro jersey on to which Derek Lowe had said feels like towel. <laughs> on, on the post-game report talking about the jersey. That would have made for uh, for absolute gold television on uh, on that particular night. Anyway, um, what these teams do, they create their own paths, their own excitement, their own energy level. That's what they do. And I, I don't I, and I wouldn't dare ask any of these other teams, oh, you're gonna get your fan base. Um, you know, and you'll you'll get there in comparison to uh, maybe what you've been, you know, what other teams have been before. No, um, those comparisons are kind of unfortunate. Every team's got to chart their own path. And, uh, and I think this, you know, these last few years of Hawaii basketball, I think they have done kind of exactly that, kind of charting their own path. And uh, I'm looking forward to seeing how this one does going into the second half of the year. I'll see you tomorrow. Uh, from Simplify Arena at Stan Sheriff Center. Coming up next, it is Freddie and Fitzsimmons. It's ESPN Honolulu.